What's up everyone, Sam here, Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back here today with uh, another client interview for you guys, um, this time with our client, Steve. Um, Steve uh, came to us at the end of August, so actually not too long ago. I guess it was, it's been, what, just over two months. Um, he's a rising junior and uh, <clears throat> you know came to us right before the school year started. It was actually a referral um, from another client of ours, from Bradley. And originally, I think Steve was kind of a, a recruiting for a lot of different things, uh, investment banking, consulting, private equity. Um, but I think that by the time he had come to Walsh and Mastermind, he had kind of narrowed it down to just investment banking. So ultimately, he was able to, you know, despite the somewhat late start, he was able to uh, land a very good offer that he's very happy with. And so I just want to get him to come on here and talk to you guys about how the process played out for him and share any advice that he might have for you guys. So Steve, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a guess, dark, uh, yeah, why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone a little bit, like just give people a sense of, um, kind of your background and what type of candidate you were when we first started working together. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a, you know, I'm a Dartmouth junior right now. I, uh, so yeah, you know, just took a quick just overview of my, uh, my recruiting timeline. I entered my sophomore summer, which is this past summer, uh, not really knowing what I wanted to do. So I'm a, I'm a CS and econ double major. Uh, and you know, I had a, I have a decent, like three, seven plus GPA. So I guess I had, you know, some options open to me, and I, but I wasn't confident about investment banking at that juncture. So I kind of entered my sophomore summer, uh, you know, looking at investment banking, consulting, private equity, uh, and just applying to a bunch of places through my, uh, college recruiting portal. Mm. And yeah, so I must have applied to like, I think 40 places, you know, investment banking, consulting, PE, some other, uh, you know, random fields as well, out of which, uh, you know, I think maybe like there were 10 or 15 investment banks that I applied to. And most of them were boutique banks. Uh, So yeah, you know, I kind of like got to understand these fields while applying. So that was my experience. I... You know, I got a couple of first rounds and then in prepping for the first rounds, I really understood, you know, what investment bankers do, what skills they use, you know, what type of, uh, you know, work summer analysts do on a daily basis. And I think it was at that point, like mid-sophomore summer that I realized that investment banking was, was really the experience I wanted to get out of my junior summer internship. You know, I... I, I really, I love the fact that uh, all of the strategic analysis and all of the work you're doing was so grounded in numbers and just, uh, you know, it was all to do with like company financials and you just got to have a hand in these really large uh, corporate transactions, which is like, it's pretty rare for people our age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And just for me, I, I wanted the best kind of intro to the business world and uh, I, yeah, I thought investment banking would be the best way to go for that. Got it. So, so if we if we pause right there for a second, so you um, you applied to forty companies, and twelve to or ten to fifteen of them were investment banks, right? Um, 
and those all happened before you joined Wall Street Mastermind, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I had I hadn't even heard of Wall Street Mastermind up until this point. Got it. Mostly because I didn't even know I wanted to go into investment banking, so Got I hadn't it. really, uh, you know, looked at really specializing in that process. Got it. And so, what uh, or how many, roughly, how many first round interviews would you say you got selected for out of the forty? Right. So out of the forty, I think uh, I got selected for, uh, you know, two in, two investment banks, two boutique investment banks, mm-hmm. uh, two or three PE firms, and then maybe four consulting firms. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So that's probably like seven or eight firms in total seven or eight firms and you know i I guess like just looking back uh the miss the mistake i made in this process was a just starting so late you know not having having an idea of what i'm really applying to or what i want out of the process Mm -hmm. so i kind of i definitely did spread myself too thin and i also took hard courses that term Mm -hmm. and just balancing you know interview prep for each of these fields which requires you know what, like the technicals is completely different from the case studies that you need to do for consulting. And then there's an, like a, you know, a different prep for, for when you're, um, for like the technicals in PE firms as well. So right. I definitely, I, I spread myself too thin. I was like really stressed throughout that term. Yeah. Um, academics definitely did take a bit of a hit. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I did do well in the sense that the two investment banks that I did interview for, I got super days for. Mm. Okay. Um, so yeah. out, of the, out of the eight firm, eight first rounds, you got two super days, both with investment banks, basically. Exactly. Exactly. Cause, cause I think after the first rounds, uh, I you know realized I wanted to focus on investment banking. So I didn't really do any case study prep or PE prep. I kind of just did those interviews, mm. uh, fully accepting that, you know, I'm probably not going to get it because I hadn't prepared. But wow. message making, I, I did want, so I did spend time uh, uh, at, at that point, I had like a lot of friends going through the process. So they did give me some guidance in terms of, you know, just read through breaking the wall street for technicals and then uh, just behaviorals, you know, just the overarching the, the, you know, the main questions that they're going to ask you. So I did prepare for those. Got it. So then like, you got those two super days with the boutique investment banks and how did those interviews go or at the time how how did you feel like they went so going in again you know i was still like pretty blind like to how this process works so i and also i think the, the most important thing i didn't know what they wanted you know and that's something that you really need to know when you're going in i mean obviously you you're going to be genuine and you're going to, you know, um, speak to them about your interests and all of that, but you have to gear. What I didn't realize was that you have to really gear everything towards what bankers are looking for. You know, it's yeah. So at, at the time I definitely thought it went well, you know, I, I went to Boston for one of the super days. Um, and this was uh, this was a boutique, uh, a tech focused, um, investment bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shea and company and I thought it went well you know uh, I met with maybe like six or seven uh, you know higher ups in the firm I had like very interesting conversations with them they told me they were very interested in my background 
Mm. But I, I like looking back now, I definitely didn't do a good job tying things back to investment banking. You know, that when they talk, when they asked me to talk about my interests, I'll talk about my interests, but just leave it there. You know, I didn't really tie it back, which is mm. very important. Got so, it. Yeah. Um, Okay. And other, yeah, and then the other super day, it's a similar thing, you know. I didn't, I didn't do a good job really demonstrating my interest in in investment banking. Got it. Okay, so basically, at the time you went through the interviews, you came out of it feeling pretty good about it. Like, oh, I answered all their questions. Um, it was mostly behavioral, right? Like, not that many technicals, but um, you were able to answer all their questions and probably somewhat optimistic at least coming out of the interview right um and then eventually obviously you didn't get the offer right um so what did you do at that point like once you found out you didn't get the offer like were you just trying to figure out like why you didn't get an offer or how did you feel at the time yeah so when I, I pretty much realized I didn't get the offer, like, you know, the, I think they, they didn't respond to me until like a week later, but I realized I didn't get the offer when I heard like some of my friends who were also interviewing, uh, they got offers like that same day or like the next day. I see. So, yeah. I mean, I was, I, I was definitely, I was, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the thing about this process. It's, it's not like an exam where you get back your, uh, your answer sheet and you can see where you went wrong. It's, it's just, you know, there's, <laughs> there's just, uh, you, you never know. And, and I was in that place. I just thought like, Oh, well, you know, I guess I wasn't a good fit. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it is about that to a certain extent, but it's also just about, uh, you know, my, my preparation was lacking for investment banking. Right. I, I didn't realize the importance of, you know, really kind of preparing your behaviorals and just having, having answers up your sleeves for like the important questions and, you know, like good, good answers, like quality answers that would really pique their interest in you. So, yeah. So, so I guess like after the super days, I, I went back home because the term had ended. This was like right at the end of the term. So I went back home I really mulled over uh, kind of like, you know, again, like what I wanted to do now because, uh, you know, I like I all of I basically I hadn't gotten offers from my two prospects that term. And then like I didn't really know how to go about applying to places, you know, just like through their portals or like I, I didn't know about the process, you know, because all of these places, these 40 places I'd applied to were through my uh were were through the professional network at my school Mm -hmm. so again you know i I was like i felt pretty clueless uh, and i definitely felt the need for some direction and guidance at that point Mm. uh and so i remembered like earlier that summer one of my friends uh bradley who goes to dartmouth and is also one of uh one of sam's students he i remember him telling me and like he he obviously i mean he's like almost like famous in our school. You know, he did very well. He got like, he got, I don't know, like, you know, four or five offers from like the top banks. So I remembered him telling me, you know, how much, uh, how much help it was to, to use Sam's program. 
and he really kind of you know stressed um that i should at least like like you know do a call with sam like the strategy call or whatever you call it mm -hmm. so yeah so after i didn't get the two offers i i did that you know i i reached out to sam i uh just told him my situation mm -hmm. and uh and yeah then i started on the program but again you know this was i think when i officially started it was well like i think like mid-september almost yeah that was when i officially started the program i think i talked to sam like 10 days before yeah. but uh yeah so it was definitely very late in the process you know i i went through the I went through the modules of the program and I started reaching out to people and networking and applying through these company portals. And it was, uh, it was hard. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't hear back from like anyone, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and cause it was so late in the game and exactly. firms had already finished recruiting basically. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so networking, you know, I, I would talk to like maybe, five people a week mm. and have you been doing much networking up to this point like prior to this not at all not at all like i didn't do any networking over the summer whatever first rounds i got was just like i guess they really like based off of the fact that you're like solid on paper basically yeah 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 i would say you go to a good school you got a good you got good grades and you have like a pretty tough majors and so and you have you have some relevant experience as well, right? And so, uh, probably just based on the merits of that, you're able to get stuff through on campus, like the on campus recruiting process. But now that on campus was over, you kind of had to go out on your own and try to find these opportunities um, through your own networking efforts. And so that's why you started doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know it's 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 not an easy process cause you have to just, you're sending out hundreds of emails and you know, you're, you're, you're basically getting a lot of rejections in the sense that you know, when people don't reply, it's generally you're just not interested, you know? And so that was something I had to, uh, I guess I was, I was prepared to deal with, you know, because I understood that this is the process, you know, just cause I had that guidance at that point. Mm. So I really, I, you know, I, I guess I didn't get too disheartened. I just kept going at it. Uh, and yeah, you know, I guess like a learning lesson is you kind of have to just like keep going at it, you know, until like you, like you will get something that you're happy with. You're going to have to like go into this process, having that faith. Uh, and, and yeah, you know, just like you have to go hard and then yeah. like, yeah. So what, what would you say? What would you say was the, Oh, I mean, outside the fact that obviously you weren't doing networking at all before, but, and now you are, but like, what would you say was like the biggest difference in terms of how you thought about networking and how to approach it in general? Like, I'm sure you learned a bunch of stuff that you probably just had never thought of before, right? Since you had never networked. Like, what would you say was like the most helpful thing on my side? Yeah, I, I think, yeah. So you know, like going into the process, I, I'd heard of this thing called networking, you know, I was just like, I mean, what, what is that? Like, how does it help? You know, I kept asking people like, what tangible difference does it make? Mm. And I guess like even my friends at the time, they didn't really have an answer, mm. you know? 
and this was in sophomore summer. So I was like, okay, well, like, I mean, you know, if, if there's no real reason to do it, then I won't do it. But yeah, you know I mean? I like what I didn't realize is like networking is kind of, is, is like at the very core of this process, you know, it's like, you have to network to really, um, to, to really get considered, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to get first rounds at places and like at top banks, if you don't, if you haven't networked and if you don't have anyone in the firm, who's kind of vouching for you. And that's something I didn't realize until it was very late, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. So, so you, so you got a lot better at networking and you now understood like the rationale and the importance behind why you network. And then you started doing that. And then, um, what about on like the interview side of things? So I think you mentioned earlier, like prior to Wall Street Mastermind, the way that you have prepared was primarily just by what, like talking to other friends that were going through the process and then they recommended that you use the breaking in a wall street guy. Were those basically the, all the resources that you use or like what else were you doing to prepare prior to wall street mastermind? Yeah, it, it was basically just talking to people, uh, talking to, you know, maybe like other Dartmouth alums in the field or talking to my friends who are more experienced with like with the process or who'd gotten offers and then just doing some like online research, just kind of, uh, you know, very random, unstructured research, mm, which I, is very, very time consuming. I would not, you know, to the, it's, I mean, it's something I guess like you have to do if you don't have a structured program like Wall Street Mastermind. But uh, yeah, I, I realized it was a very inefficient way to prepare for the process. I see. So is the biggest difference between what you were doing before versus what you began doing after watching mastermind, just the fact that you now had a structure around how you were going to approach this and it was very step-by-step step and everything's laid out and you basically just had to execute on the plan that's laid out for you, as opposed to having to kind of second guess whether you're doing the right things all the time or like, what would you say was, what would you say made the biggest difference, I guess, in terms of how you were preparing before versus how you were preparing after? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's, that's, that's interesting. I think before I, I really wasn't focused on like, I was just focused on getting an offer, you know, like whatever it took. Like I didn't really focus on the steps I would need to take to do that. Mm -hmm. I kind of just went with the process. I'm like, okay, I'll just prepare these questions and hopefully it'll be good enough, you know? But I mean, this process, it really doesn't work like that. You really have to you know, like you're, it's such a competitive process and you have people who want it so bad, like you have to step up your game, you know, to compete with them. And, uh, and you know, yeah, that's something I I learned the hard way. You know, I, I didn't get those two offers. So yeah. So I like, I didn't really, you know, look at like the way I look at it now is, or the way I looked at it now when I, uh, you know, resumed the process with wall street mastermind, it's just like I, my aim was to take it step by step and kind of perfect each step of the process. So for networking, I spent like maybe a good week just, uh, you know, um, I guess like preparing my resume or like changing it up just to gear it more towards uh, investment banking. And then, uh, 
you know, just like preparing the questions I would ask them and, you know, preparing my elevator pitch and, you know, just like really honing in each micro step mm-hmm. in this macro process mm-hmm. to then achieve the result I wanted. So I, I, yeah, I definitely paid more attention to the smaller things, I think. You were able to break it down into, you had this overarching goal of, I want to get an offer in most banking. You were able to clearly break it down to kind of smaller bite-sized pieces or like different milestones you will have to hit along the way. And then you can be very deliberate about hitting those milestones and then also doing them in the right order um, so that it kind of builds up to the ultimate outcome you wanted, which is that offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's like this process, like, if you break it down, it's, it's, you have to basically just nail, like, like these four things, right? It's just like your resume, cover letter is like one thing. Then you gotta really know how to network and, you know, know how to leverage your network well. And then the third thing is then behaviorals. And then you gotta know your technicals as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, each of those. You know, if you kind of perfect each of those steps, uh, I, I realized like that's that's the key. You know, that's the key to getting the offer you want. Yeah, got it. Okay. So how would you say your so we've talked about like, you know, revamping your application materials and we helped you with that, right? Then uh, we taught you how to network and then so now you are equipped with uh, kind of the thing the two things that you needed to be able to get interviews. But then like on the interview preparation side of things. Like, how did your behaviorals change after working with us? Like, what was different about it? Because obviously you already had whatever answers you had before, right? Um, the ones that you felt like were pretty good, although they didn't get you the offer. And then how much did you, do you think that your answers changed after we kind of went through it together? Yeah, I, I think definitely the biggest difference was uh, – was just like, you know, gearing all my answers to, you know, why invest in banking, like, you know, tying it back to why, you know, like uh, my internships or my experience at, you know, uh, college or like, you know, my experience as a CS student, like why all of that will make me a good investment banking summer analyst. Like that was, that was, that was like, that was, I think the main difference. And then, you know, just like smaller things like, uh that i guess you know as college students we wouldn't really know like i guess bankers have certain pet peeves Mm. and that was pretty useful to really understand you know what is it like a no-no what Mm. you shouldn't say Mm. i think that is almost as important as what you should say you know right one one sort of uh derogatory or like bad thing you say that might tick them off and like you know you're no matter how good your answers are after that you've kind of already uh, you know, ruined your, your, um, your impression in their mind. Right. Cause so sometimes you might say something that you feel like is harmless or obviously, otherwise you wouldn't say it, but you don't even realize that you're shooting yourself in the foot. And if no one tells you about it, you might just continue to do that every single interview, which would be a horrible thing to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So we re so we we revise all your behaviorals. Um, we probably gave you a lot more confidence and certainty and just the quality of your answers going into the interview because 
they've been vetted, right? Um, For sure, yeah. What about on like the technical side? Like, what what do you, what do we do together on the technical side for you? So for the technical side, um, to be honest, yeah. So for the technical side, like over the summer, I think I had prepared very well. Mm. You know, that was something. It was concrete. It was structured. It was something. You know, I guess. Um, um, it was like something I was very comfortable doing versus behaviorals, which is so kind of subjective and all of that. So over the summer, I was actually, I think I would say like better than most of the people I was applying with who maybe even got better offers, but I was still better than them at the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I guess like just goes to show you like, like technicals is a huge part of it. Like you need to know your technicals, but that alone is not going to get you the offer. It, it has to be uh, in tandem with like solid behaviorals as well. Right. Yeah. People always, I, I feel like people when it comes to investment recruiting, they always get this idea that for, for whatever reason, um, they get this idea that the technicals are the most important part, right? Because I think there's probably two reasons why people feel that one is it's very obvious when you miss a technical question, right? Like it's very obvious to the interviewer, it's very obvious to yourself that you got the question wrong. And then so people feel a lot more self-conscious about it. Um, but I think the other reason why there's uh, so much more emphasis on technicals is because almost all the resources you find out there are exclusively focused on teaching you technicals, right? Like financial modeling courses, technical interview guides, uh, whatever, Rosenbaum textbook, you know, like, this is where all the emphasis is on in the market. But in reality, like you said, you know, if you know all your goals, but your behaviorals aren't very good, um, it's going to be really hard to actually stand out from the rest of your competition, right? Because even if you know your technicals, some of your competition is going to know their technicals as well. Right. And then so it's like, what's the differentiating factor, right? Since it's a, there's a, it's a kind of like a pass fail thing. If everyone's passing, then that alone is not going to get you the job, right? Um, but then on the behavioral side, like you said, it's like so subjective, right? So open-ended. Um, it's both a good and a bad thing, right? The bad part is it's hard for you to know whether you're doing a really good job or not. Like a lot of people, they experience the same thing as you where they come out of an interview and they feel like, oh, that interview went really well, except they don't get the offer. Right. Um, but the good part is like, because it's so subjective, that means that there's actually an opportunity for you to like set yourself apart from everybody else by having an answer that's much better than everyone else's. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like that's, that's, um, yeah, yeah. I think like behaviorals is, it's just one of those things you don't, yeah, you know, it's just, it is subjective, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, there is, like, you can tell the difference between a good answer and a bad answer for an investment banking interview, you know? Right. Maybe not necessarily, like, on your own. Sometimes it's hard to tell just how good your own answer actually is because you're the one that wrote it, right? Right, 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 yeah. You know, but, I'm saying, like, to the other person, I guess. Yeah, but to the other person, there is still, like, there's no, like, quote unquote right or wrong but there's still like a better answer and a worse answer yeah for sure for sure 
And so basically you just have to, you need someone to help you figure out someone who's experienced and qualified enough to help you figure out how to make your answer a better answer. Right. 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 Um, and I would say like, honestly, to do that, like it really just, it comes down to experience, right? It comes down to like, Hey, to know what's actually a better answer. You need someone who's actually seen a ton of different people answer these questions, right? Because otherwise, what are they comparing you against? Right? Like nothing. Right. Uh, okay. So, so fix your behaviorals. You're already solid on the technicals. And then now you know how to network and your application materials are fixed. So you pretty much have checked all the boxes. Right. Uh, yep. So like, how many interviews did you have after you joined Wall Street Mastermind? You know, I, so again, like I entered the process late. I, you know, I started reaching out to people like mid September. Well, uh, and again, you know, even like that process, like there is a slight learning curve, yep. which, which, um, which, yeah. yeah I mean, time, right. Sorry. What? I said, yeah, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, it's it's a it is a grueling process, uh, and especially when you start that late, just people are not that interested. You know, either they're like almost done hiring, or they're like, you know, uh, or they're they are just done hiring. You know, right? So, so yeah, you know, I I had a lot of trouble. I think throughout September. I was reaching out to people. I didn't get any first rounds really. Like I had some, I guess like one of the things that I found a little confusing in the process was a lot of the times when people agreed to talk to you, mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was unclear whether, you know, the phone call is going to be a, just a networking call or, you know, there were some, there were some times where like they would be aggressively questioning me. You know, so you kind of have to go in preparing for both. Yep. Uh, and you know, like, yeah, and that's what happened. Um, that's what happened for like a couple of places. And the first time it happened, I was caught completely off guard, you know, like these people were asking me like technicals, you know, in what was supposed to be a networking call. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think one like huge takeaway was going in prepared, you know, for anything that yep. they could throw at you. So perfecting those things uh you know potentially even before you start network networking which requires just a lot of foresight and 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 time you know starting well, early you bring up a that's a that's great advice for people by the way you bring up a good point which is a lot of times i hear people say well i'm just going to focus on um you know my resume and application materials and the networking part first and then i'll study for the interviews after if and when i know i'm actually going to get interviews but if I don't get interviews, there's no point studying for the interviews first because that's going to be a waste of my time, right? And I always right. tell them, well, it doesn't really work that way because a lot of the times, like, I mean, networking is really just another form of interviewing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, even if they don't ask you any technicals and it's just a conversation, like, your behavioral interview skills still come into play, right? In terms of, like, how you talk about yourself and what kind of questions you ask them and how you make yourself stand out. It's a lot of similarities, right? But sometimes like depending on the banker that you run into, like they might grill you on the technicals just to see if you are a legitimate candidate, right? Cause what they're doing is they don't want to have to like go and raise their hand and vouch for you or stick their neck out. If you're not even 
someone who's going to be able to do well in the interview because then they don't want to look bad, right? Um, and so they're kind of like testing you to cover their own ass, so to speak, right? Um, and if you and if you can't uh, answer their questions or whatever, then you're probably not someone that they're going to go out of their way to help, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, you know, I, look, I, I'm just remembering this one example. Uh, I had a call set up with a VP at um, at RBC in yeah. San Francisco, the the, the tech group. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you know, I and this was earlier in the process, so I kind of I got on the call, you know, prepared with my elevator pitch, my uh, you know, the questions I'd want to ask, and then you know, the follow ups and all of that. And uh, and yeah, you know. Once the call started, I was a little taken aback when he kind of took the reins and like started like he immediately started questioning me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you know, I I I you know I think I did you know decently with like the he asked me like why investing banking why tech all of that even though I hadn't really prepared for that because it was a networking call. Mm-hmm. But and then he asked me like I think a very simple technical question like. Uh, how do you value a company tell me like five ways or something like that and you know I I answered that but I fumbled just a bit and he kind of just told me straight up you know he's like I love Dartmouth kids and you know you seem like a great candidate but like clearly you know like people who prepared in this process can reply like normally have like just very crisp responses to these questions Mm. which you know which was it was definitely disappointing to hear at the time Mm-hmm. But uh, he, I mean, he was really nice about it. He told me, you know, read up about the group, prepare better, and then like uh, contact me next week. But uh, I mean, that was a huge uh, learning lesson for me to kind of, you know, you, you really have to cover all your bases before these conversations. And because yeah. especially if you're talking to higher ups, like you, you really, you, you know, you can't really have any glaring flaws at all. You know, yeah. you kind of have to. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's great advice for everyone that's that's listening right now. I was like, guys, you gotta, like, Steve talked about the four different areas that you need to have nailed down. Like, you gotta be doing those four things simultaneously. You cannot, you know, put some of them off until later on. It just doesn't work like that, right? Um, and so, that's uh, really really good advice. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess uh, let's uh, can we tell people kind of like what was the ultimate outcome for you? Like, obviously you eventually did get an interview, right? Um, and then like what happened from there? Yeah, definitely. So I think this was maybe uh, you know late September, start of October. I you know just my routine reaching out to people. I I. I reached out to a VP at TD Securities in New York in the energy group because my, that was another thing I realized through the process that I was getting a lot more responses from people in energy mm. because I had a lot of experience in energy. You know, I interned at the Ministry of Renewable Energy and had started a nonprofit that dealt with micro renewable energy technologies. Yeah. So that that was something you know like you like every application is different and for me I found that to work I got a lot of responses just reaching out to VPs and associates in energy groups at these yeah. big banks yeah you're playing to your strengths exactly yeah so yeah so you know uh, 
I reached out to one of the VPs and uh, just starting out, like the start of the phone call, I had so many bad phone calls up till that point. Phone call was great, you know, just from, from the get-go, he told me he was very interested in my background. Uh, you know, he would, he, yeah. So, and then he basically, I, I think even before we like talked about anything, he told me that he would love to like connect me to, you know, one of his associates or like his, or another VP. Mm-hmm. And you know that after like hearing so many people say like, Oh, you know, we're done hiring or, or like, Oh, you know, you know, definitely like reach out for full time or whatever. Uh, it, you know, it was, it was, it was great to hear that. And, you know, that just goes to show if you're, if you just, you keep at it, like you will, you will get a positive response at some point. Mm-hmm. So, Combined, combined with the fact that you got to be strategic about where you target your efforts, right? For sure. Yeah. You have to, you have to put in all this effort and intelligent effort, but yeah, I think if you keep at it, it and, and play to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. So, 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 so he basically, um, he then connected me to a VP at, uh, at TD and, or another VP at TD. And, uh, and then I also talked to an, an, an associate and then I think like maybe like 10 days later, I had a super day, you know, mm. which was, I mean, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was very exciting. And it was, uh, and then at that point I was very confident, you know, I talked to people at the firm, they liked me, they liked my background. Uh, and I was very happy with the way my behaviorals were coming out. My technicals were strong. So all I really had to do was just, you know, I, yeah, I, you know, I think I can like safely say going in and, and like Sam knows this as well. Like, I think I told him, I was like very confident, you know, because I had all these resources at my disposal and I knew that I would probably be the most competitive applicant. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. And went yeah, for the like, And I mean, like at that point, I remember because we were prepping for your TD interview, and so I was reviewing your behavioral uh, answers. And uh, I always remember this, but you know, we have obviously like some questions that you know you're for sure going to get, right? Like, right. oh, tell me about yourself, and why do you want to do investment banking, and why do you want to work for our bank, or even like this group specifically, right? So like those questions are like no brainers that everybody's always got to prepare for. Right. And I think most people do prepare for those, but I just remember um, reading your answers for those questions specifically and thinking like, wow, these are really, really good. (laughs) I think I remember, I don't know if you remember, but like the feedback I gave you, um, I think I said that, right. I was like, dude, these are really good. And I, I think I made like some minor tweaks, but like we've, yeah. For the most part, left those as is. Right? Some of your other answers, uh, like your stories and stuff like that, like we had to make more changes. But yeah, I, like, I, yeah I definitely improved. Like I, I don't know if I, yeah, I probably didn't send it back to you at the time because like I had my interview coming up. But like it, I, I changed those around a lot. I tied all of them back to investment banking and and yeah, basically like I implemented all of the notes you gave me. Yeah, but but the biggest thing is like. For those like three or four guaranteed questions or whatever, like yeah. you probably smashed those out of the park like so yeah. hard that like 
if you can do that, honestly, like the rest of your interview becomes so much more easier, right? Because like at that point they have a great first impression of you and they're just gonna, they're, they're, they're like, that's how interviewing works. That's how human beings are. It's like, whatever our first impression is of someone, if it's good, then like the rest of the interview, we're just like looking for evidence to support the, our opinion that this person is good. Right. But like if our first impression of this person is bad, then we're going to be looking for evidence to support our opinion that this person is bad. And so it's almost like getting off to that good start is so crucial, right? Because it makes everything else so much easier. And I think you probably did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely think those like just to tell me about yourself and then, you know, why this group and why energy investment banking, like those answers I could tell. And like a lot of them like were, you know, like they, they told me straight up, you know, like, wow, that's, that's, that was a great answer. You know, <laughs> like you hit all the points. I'm like, thank you. And it gives you a lot of confidence then to like, uh, to, to, to then, uh, take on, you know, the maybe harder or, or more unstructured questions after, like later on in the interview, which yeah. is, which is kind of what happened to me. You know, I, uh, there were like, there were, there were, the technicals for this interview were actually harder than I expected. Mm. Uh, they even made me the one of the one of the VPs made me do a paper DCF, and I'd never done one before. Mm. But you know, I had to have those concepts down so well that I was able to, you know, to do it and to like show him that I had the, I had the, um, you know, just the knowledge to do it. Even like despite him knowing that I hadn't done a paper DCF before, he. And I think that's what like maybe you know, really locked it down in his head. This was the VP that I was in touch with in the start. Like he literally came in. I think he knew that he already really liked me as a candidate. He just wanted, needed to make sure I had the technical, uh, I had the technicals down. I had like the technical meditative yeah. skills that they would need. And yeah, so, you know, you, you like, no matter how much you prepare, like you are going to be thrown some, uh, you know, oddball questions that you're going to have to take on. So it's, yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind is just to go in knowing you're going to have those situations and to just have the faith that you'll be able to, just because you've prepared well enough, you'll be able to really, uh, you know, answer whatever sort of weird questions they give you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, man, um, so you gave our listeners a ton of, just really valuable advice on this call today, I feel like. And um, thank you for being just so open and uh, vulnerable about talking about all the ups and downs in your own process and just how much of a grind it was. Right? Like a lot of times I feel like when you hear people's success, uh, success stories, you're like people that are recruiting, they see their friends getting jobs and all they see is what's on the surface of like, oh, this person got so many jobs or whatever. Or like back when you were looking at Bradley, you're probably feeling the same thing. It's just like, wow, Bradley got like four or five offers. It seems like he's having it so easy. But like behind the scenes, there's a lot of hard work and preparation and a lot of time rejections along the way that people just don't see or hear about, right? And so I think that's really valuable for everyone else. It's just like, look, um, having those uh, challenges uh, during this process is totally normal, but it's more how you deal with those challenges, right? Whether you continue to push forward or whether you give up. And then like, 
if you do choose to push forward, more importantly, like, what are you actually doing um, about these challenges? Like, what are you actually doing to fix the mistakes that you're making or even identify what they are in the first place, right? And now, like, what are you doing to actually make yourself into a better candidate, right? And I think that you definitely um, did that every step along the way, right? And uh, which is why you were ultimately able to um, get to a very successful outcome and, and, a, and an outcome that I think you're quite happy with, right? For sure, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it was, I, I went into the process, you know, not like it after getting those rejections, I went into the process very underconfident. And I think at each stage, uh, you know, just like preparing for the, like, just like prepping the resume and then the, the networking and then the behaviorals, I, you know, definitely it builds your confidence and it gives you the strength to, to, to and the resilience to really like push through. Yeah. First of all, the rejections and the, you know, uh, the, the sort of negative responses you get. And, you know, then until you, you get a positive one. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to like leveraging these skills in the future as well. Cause you know, this is just, this is just the beginning. So. Yeah, absolutely. You got, you got a long successful career ahead of you. So uh, <laughs> whether it's interviewing or networking or, uh, your application materials like these are all life skills that you've developed right and these are th this is really really valuable experience that i'm sure it's going to come up over and over again as you continue to do uh big things and so very excited to see uh what's in store for you um and obviously huge congrats on uh all the success so far i'm glad uh I'm glad, you know, your, your recruiting process had, had a happy, uh, happy ending, a happy outcome. So um, for the rest of you who are listening to this, you know, I think if you are in a similar situation as what kind of Steve described, like maybe you um, are a very qualified candidate, maybe you uh, have been doing a lot of work on your par, or maybe you're strong in certain areas already, but there's just like, you know, one or two missing pieces that you currently don't have and you're not quite sure how to figure it out on your own. And you're also maybe a little bit late to the process and you don't, you don't have all the time in the world to figure this out slowly. Um, I would encourage you to reach out and see if we can help you, right? Uh, we're not always going to be able to help you. It really is like case by case, depends on the person and the situation. But what we always do is um, first learn about your situation uh, and then give you a very honest assessment of what we think is possible for you and what we can help you accomplish. Right. And if, if, you know, we come up with a, with an outcome that, you know, is very satisfactory to you, then uh, obviously it would make sense for us to work together. But like, if we don't think we can do that, then, you know, that's totally cool too. We'll still do our best to just give you advice on what we think we would do if we were in your shoes. Right. So, if that's something that you guys are interested in doing, um, I would start by scheduling a free strategy session with our team. Um, so you can do that by going to www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. Um, the street in Wall Street Mastermind is abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And yeah, you'll um, hop on a phone with uh, someone on our team. We'll learn about your situation. 
we'll help you customize something that's a game plan that's tailored for you uh, and talk to you about, you know, what we think the likely outcome is for you and then uh, to see if it's a good fit. All right. And so um, I think that'll be it for today, guys. Um, Steve, again, I want to thank you so much for just taking the time to come on here and uh, talk to us about your experiences. And um, definitely let's stay in touch as you go through your internship uh, next summer. Keep me posted on how everything goes. And, uh, you know, looking forward to hearing about all the success that you have ahead of you. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to, happy to share my experience. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's great talking. Awesome, man. Well, guys, um, that'll be it for today. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. And as always, we'll be back with more of these in the near future. All right. Talk to you guys later.